So I want to begin and right off the bat, I'm going to um, share my screen here. And we want to jump into this, this topic of amazing grace. And, you know, we started a couple of weeks ago looking at the book of Ephesians. Uh, we looked at God's spiritual blessings that he provides for us. But tonight I want to focus in on this, this conversation about grace and, and what is grace and, and all of these kind of fun things. But let's begin by reading some scripture here. And we're looking at Ephesians chapter 2. Our text tonight is going to come from verses number 1 through 9. And I'll just read the whole chapter, those, those verses. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. So here's what I want to do tonight as we start looking through this and, and understanding this idea of what grace really is. The first thing I want to do is I want to take us on a journey down memory lane. Um, I want us to look backwards first so we can really, this is by doing this, I really believe this is going to help us understand grace in a much better way. And when we go down memory lane, I like to call it what I'm going to call it the BC life. The BC life means the before Christ life. You see, if you are a born again believer in Jesus Christ, you had a BC life. You had a life before you accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I just want us to remember for a moment what BC life was all about. And to help us, we're going to walk through Ephesians, uh, those first few verses. Understand this. Once, folks, you were dead. Spiritually dead means spiritually separated from God, right? Your spirit, you were not in relationship or fellowship. You were separated from God. Why? Because of your disobedience and your many sins. And I'm including myself in this, right? So at one point in our life, we were all separated from God. Why? Because we willfully chose not to follow God's direction. That is what disobedience is. So we decided that, God, I know you want me to go this way, and I know you want me to do this thing, but I'm not really interested in that right now. 
I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to willfully disobey. You chose to do what you wanted to do. So once you were dead because of your disobedience, and notice what it says here, you are many sins. Romans reminds us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so, yes, I have fallen short. I have sinned and fallen short of this glory. So as everyone who is listening to this, you have all sinned. We have all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And because of the sins that we had and because of our disobedience, we were dead. We were separated from God because of our sin. And we, a little notes what it says here, this is all coming right out of Ephesians, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world. In other words, you were doing just like everybody else was doing, right? You were doing your own thing. I was living in sin, doing what I or you, what you wanted to do. I'm going to do what I want to do, right? And that's how you used to live. This is life before Christ. Let's add to it. You are obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. You see, just like everyone else in the world, apart from Christ, you are influenced by the devil. Notice, we lived in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, right? Notice, he is the spirit at work in the heart of those who refuse to obey God, all right? So in life, you're either going to be influenced and obey the spirit of God, or you're going to be influenced and obey the spirit of the devil. I know people don't like to think that. People like, you know, they want to say, no, 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 I'm not following the ways of the devil. Well, if you're refusing to obey God, then you are yielding to the spirit or the commander of the powers of the unseen world. And who is that? That is the devil. He works in the heart of those who refuse to obey God. And guess what? When you were before Christ, that's exactly what you were. That's exactly what we were at that point. Notice what it says here. All of us, and I, and I, completely under underline that and bolded it all of us used to live that way before christ this is exactly how we lived according to our sinful nature according to the desires that we wanted doing what we wanted to do refusing to obey god that's exactly how we used to live in the bc life and we were following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. You see, outside of Christ or before Christ, whatever your sinful nature desired, it's pretty much what you wanted to do. You follow the desire. Not that you didn't have a conscience, you did. You knew right from wrong. You had some morals, yes. But for the most part, whatever your desires wanted, that's the direction that you went in. And... By our very nature, think about this, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. What does that mean? That means that we were uh, ripe or in position to be judged by God. That's what we deserve. We were deserving 
of God's wrath. We would deserving of God's judgment, just like everyone else who refuses to obey God. But then something interesting happens as we get to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Two interesting words, but powerful words. And here are the words, but God. Understand something, folks. And remember, we're talking about grace. All of us were deserving of God's wrath, right? We were living according to our sinful nature. We were refusing to obey God. We were living in disobedience. We were following the inclinations and passions of our sinful nature. We were deserving of wrath, but God. You were living in sin, but God. You were deserving of wrath, but God. You see, God stepped in, but God. And here's the next part is so rich in mercy, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, get this, folks, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So understand the picture here. Right In the BC life, we were deserving of God's wrath because we were sinful and disobedient, doing and following our own desires and doing what we wanted to do and refusing to obey God. We were uh, uh, the, the prime candidate, if you will, for judgment. It's what we deserved. But God, being rich in mercy and loving us, decided that that's not what I have for you. And it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So let's define some terms for a moment. When you see mercy, whenever you see mercy, mercy is God not giving us what we truly deserve. In other words, we all deserve judgment, but God, because he's merciful, did not give us judgment. And grace, on the other hand, is God giving us what we don't deserve. See, none of us deserve salvation, yet God, because he is gracious to us, saved us. It is only, remember this, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So it got me thinking, what is so important? about this grace, not only the fact that it is only by God's grace that you have been saved, but why is this grace so important, and why is it so amazing, and why do we need to understand grace in a deeper and better and more intimate way? And that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time doing. So I want to give you some reasons why grace is important And what happens in your life when you truly understand what grace is? And here's the first thing. When you understand grace, you understand that it is the only reason you are saved. Remember this, folks. God did not save you because you deserved salvation. None of us deserved it. We all deserve judgment. We all deserve wrath. Why? Because of the sins we have committed. But when you understand grace, you recognize, you acknowledge that is the only reason that you are 
saved. And the reason why I started with memory lane is because it's important to remember where you came from or where you come from. Excuse me. It's important to understand what you used to be before God's grace saved you. It is so important. We are only saved by God's grace. None of us deserve the salvation that God has freely given us. And when you truly understand grace, you understand that it is the only reason that you are saved. But it does more than that. When you really understand grace, it will produce in you mercy for others. There was a parable in, uh, in Matthew chapter 18. They call it the parable of the unmerciful servant. And feel free to, to go and read it on your own. But here's what happens in this parable. There's, there's a servant who owes, um, I believe it was a king. I, I might have that part wrong. But he owed his master millions of dollars, literally millions of dollars. And he did not have the means to repay these millions of dollars, right? Even if he worked three, four, five lifetimes, he was never, ever, ever going to repay this millions of dollars. And so he begged and he pleaded with his master. And he said, master, please, the master is ready to throw him in jail, throw his family in jail, sell everything he has until his debt is paid off. And he knew that he would never be able to pay off the debt. But he begged the master and he said, master, please don't do that to me. Don't throw me in, the j- in jail. Um, I will work and I'll pay it off. And the master get, had mercy on him and had grace on him. And even though he deserved to be in jail, he gave him something he didn't deserve. He gave him exoneration. He said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. You don't deserve this because you owe me millions of dollars. Legally and rightfully, you owe me this money. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to cancel the debt that you owe me. By the way, does that sound familiar? Sound a little bit like us, right? We were in debt to, to God. There was no way we could ever repay our sin. And yet when Christ died on the cross, God says, I'm going to cancel the debt that you owe because of the payment of my son, Jesus Christ. Now, there's more to this story because this this servant goes out and there's a guy who owes him a couple of hundred bucks, right? So he owed millions. His debt got canceled. This guy owed him a couple of hundred bucks and he gets all upset. He says he shakes the guy down. He demands, give me the money that you owe me. The guy didn't have the money. So he had him and his family thrown in jail. And when the master who had heard about this, the servants heard, he went back and told the master, obviously he was angry and he went back and he had that servant thrown in jail um, to pay back because he didn't show mercy to someone else. See, when you understand grace and, and this unmerciful servant just didn't understand grace, see, he didn't under, quite understand that he had just received something that he did not deserve. But when you understand that, when you understand that, wait a second, God forgives me and I don't deserve it. God pours out, gives me salvation and I don't deserve it. When you understand that, that will give you mercy or help you show mercy or produce in you mercy 
towards other people. See, I fully believe when you don't understand grace, then it's very easy for you to become unmerciful, right? You get this sense of entitlement. <laughs> and so it's important to understand grace. When you do that, it will produce mercy for others. It will produce that in you. The next thing grace will do, it will prevent you from thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. You know, there's a problem I think sometimes that we have as believers and we're all prone to this potentially happening. And this is why I started with going down um, memory lane because sometimes we forget what we were, right? We just forget. And so when we don't understand grace and we don't, and we forget and we forget what grace really is, we become a little bit judgmental. We become, well, I like to say, holier than thou. We start looking on, looking down on people. We become unforgiving. And the only reason why is because you forget what you were. And you forget that it is only by grace that you are saved. In other words, we don't have the right to look down on anyone because there was nothing that we did to earn the salvation that we received. It was freely given. And so when you truly understand grace, when, when grace grips your heart and it takes hold of your heart and you understand what it really is, then it prevents you from thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to. You look at yourself in the right perspective, not as someone who is holier than thou or above people, but you understand that, you know what, I'm only here, I'm only saved because of God's grace. That's why grace is important. When you understand grace, not only will it prevent you from thinking more highly of yourself than you want to, it will also keep you humble. And humility is so important. The Bible says that God resists the proud. The language there actually says God sets himself against the proud, right? He sets himself against those who are proud. But what does he do? He gives grace to the humble. When you understand grace, it's going to keep you humble. And here's why. Your salvation was never about how good you were. In other words, it wasn't because you did something right or did something good or, or did something um, that you, you, you accumulated enough. Uh, if you had the scales, all right, your good deeds outweighed your bad deeds. And so in the weighing of the scales, you came out ahead. And because of that, God says, you know what? I'm going to give you salvation. No, it was never about anything good that you did. Nothing at all. Think about what we just read of how, how we used to live in disobedience and, and refusing to obey God and following our sinful nature. That's what was in us. It was never about anything good in you. And so when you understand grace, it keeps you humble. But when you don't understand that, then you get proud and arrogant and self-centered. And you walk around thinking, hey, you know what? Look at who I am. And you forget 
how much work God had to put into you to get you to the place that you are right now. See, you might be living righteously now, but you didn't always live that way. You didn't start out that way. We were all a little rough around the edges. We were all a little messed up. We were all kind of jacked up, if you want to use that vernacular. And we didn't start at this high, holy place of righteousness. We didn't start there. And if you're not careful, if you don't understand grace, then you might become proud and think that what you are now is what you always were. And that, folks, is not true. That's not what you were. Paul reminds us what we were. We were sinners. We were following our own selfish desires. We were dead to God. That's what we were. And when you understand grace, that it is only by grace that you are saved, then it keeps you humble. You realize, you know what? This is not about me. This is not about who, the, any position that I have. I am here because of God's grace. So important, right? Keeps you from being proud and arrogant and self-centered. Because when you get to that place of being pride, prideful and arrogant and self-centered, then God has a way of humbling you. Why? Because God sets himself against the proud. So when you understand grace, it will keep you humble. When you understand grace, and my prayer tonight is simple, that God would just give you a revelation of his grace. It's, that's the only prayer tonight. Um, when you understand grace, it will allow you to receive from God. Here's what I mean from that. You know, sometimes we have a hard time receiving anything from God. And you know why? Because we have a tendency to look at who we are. And we look at who we are, we look at who he is, and we think, well, God, how can I receive from you? Well, the reason why you can receive is because of grace. See, when you understand that, wait a second, in grace, God blesses me and gives me things I don't deserve, then that allows you to receive what God has for you. You see, because of grace, it's by grace that we receive salvation and sanctification and justification, right? Um, sanctification is the process of, of making us holy. Justification is just as if we've never sinned. That all comes by grace. God gives us provision. That comes by grace. He gives us strength. That comes by grace. Every one of God's blessings that we ever receive in our life all come because of his grace, not because we deserve it, but because he chooses to pour it out on us, right? So when you understand, it allows you to receive from God because you can approach God and say, you know what? I really don't deserve it, but yet I humbly receive it. When you understand grace that God is giving this to you, not because you're worthy, but because he is good, then you can receive from God because of his grace. So I want you to understand this. The next time the, the devil tries to tell you that you're not worthy and, and you don't deserve that, you know what you can tell him? You are absolutely right. And then you can turn and thank God and say, you know, God, even though I don't deserve this, I receive it freely because of your grace. See, and that keeps you humble. 
you begin to realize that everything I have is not about me. It's about him and his grace and his pouring out favor on you that you don't deserve. That's why I believe one of the biggest oxymorons in all the world is the arrogant Christian, right? Walking around as if they deserve, thinking like they deserve salvation, that they deserve blessing, that they deserve anything from God. Always remember this, folks. God blesses us not because of who we are, but in spite of who we are, not because of our goodness, but because of his. That's why he does it. So when God gives you or you can receive, why? Because you understand what grace is. It's not about how good I am. It's about how awesome and wonderful he is. So you got to understand grace to get that. Number six, when you understand the next one, when you understand grace, it will free you to pray. Um, this is really important, and I, and I wanted to spend a moment here. And I want to read uh, something from Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. It says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. And here's verse 16. Let us then approach what? God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find what? Grace to help us in our time of need. See, when you understand grace, grace frees you to pray. Why? Because number one, we know that we have a God who can sympathize and empathize with the things that we are going through. Number two, it's called the throne of grace. So God is there waiting to pour out grace upon us and waiting to help us in our time of need. And when you understand that, that God is willing and able and waiting to help you in your time of need, help you in that place of struggle, help you in that place of defeat sometimes even, then we, we, we can go to him freely because we understand grace. God, I, maybe you've, you've fallen into sin. Well, God, I come asking for forgiveness. Why? Because even though I don't deserve it, God will give it to me because it's the throne of grace. God will help you in your time of need when you approach, think about it, you are approaching the throne of favor that you don't deserve. And God says, because we have a high priest, we can approach his throne of favor that we don't deserve with confidence, knowing that because he wants to give us favor that we don't deserve, he will help us in our time of need. Hope, I hope you're getting this. hope this is making sense to you, that now I can go before God, not because I'm deserving, not because I'm worthy, not because of anything, but because of his favor that he wants to give and pour out on me. So when you understand grace, it gives you 
the confidence to pray. You can pray with confidence, knowing that God is waiting to help you in your time of need. Not because you deserve it, but because he wants to pour out favor upon you. Hope you're getting this. So now I can pray. I can pray freely. I can pray boldly because it's the throne of grace. When you understand grace, another thing it will help you do, it will free you to serve. What do I mean by that? Sometimes people serve out of obligation. Sometimes people serve because they think, well, if I do enough, then God will accept me, right? If I just do enough stuff, God will accept me. And I'll tell you, that's the wrong way to serve because it's serving, I call that kind of, oh, my, my wife and I, we have a term, we call it guilt serving, where you're doing enough trying to win the favor of either man or favor of people, and you serve from that place. Well, when you really understand grace, then it impacts the way you serve. It will free you to serve with the right motivation. See, I'm serving not because I'm trying to impress anyone, but I'm serving because I understand that the freedom that I have, that the position that I have, that the giftings that I have, that the finances that I have, that the talents that I have, this is all favor that comes from God. And when I understand that, I freely give it back to him. See, when you understand grace, it frees you to serve with the right heart and with the right mindset. When you understand grace, it will free you to walk into the plan God has for your life. And here's why that happens. You know, sometimes people are insecure about the thing that God has called them to do. And by the way, this is very common. You'll find this if you study all of the, many of the characters in scripture, the personalities in scripture, you will find that a lot of times when God called them to do something, there was insecurity. There was questions. They were wondering, well, really? For example, Gideon, God called him a mighty warrior, and he was hiding um, threshing wheat. <laughs> and he was hiding um, in the bottom of a wine press threshing wheat. And yet God looked at him and called him a mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, who are you talking to, God? That ain't me. Right? But you see, Gideon at that moment did not quite understand grace. And when you understand grace, here's what it does. It removes the insecurities that you may have about being good enough or being deserving enough of what God wants to do in your life. See, here, here's the beautiful thing about this. You, once you have Christ in your life, then you are qualified to do what God wants you to do. But sometimes we get start looking at who we are and we misunderstand grace. We think, well, God, I'm not good enough to do that. I've, I've made too many mistakes, mistakes to do that. Or maybe I'm, I don't deserve to, to do that. Or I don't deserve to walk into that thing that you have for me. Then you don't understand grace. See, God's call and plan for your life 
is all about his favor that he wants to pour on you. And when you understand grace, it takes away any of the reservations that you may have about the thing that God wants you to do. It takes away your need to prove to God, to prove to yourself, or to prove to anyone else that you are good enough. Why? Because you understand God is calling me to do this. It has nothing to do with who I am. It's simply a reflection of his grace. So the next time anyone tells you that, you know what, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're not old enough, you're not young enough, you're not talented enough, you don't deserve this, then tell them, you know what, you are absolutely right. But God. (laughs) Remember we talked about that earlier, but God. You're right, I don't deserve to walk in the plan that God has established for my life. I don't deserve that, but God. You're right. I may not be smart enough to do the thing that God has called me to do, but God. Maybe I'm too, you might think I'm too old, but God doesn't. You might think I'm too young, but God doesn't. You might not think I have enough talent, but God does. See, it's all about but God. And when you understand grace, you stop looking at yourself. You stop trying to figure out whether you're good enough or smart enough or talented enough. And you realize that, you know what, I can do this because God has put it on me to do. I don't have to prove anything. I can just walk into what God has called me to walk into. You see, sometimes people struggle with the mantle or the calling that God has put on them because they wonder if they're good enough. And when you think that way, then you're thinking about your ability and your qualification and you're not understanding grace. See, it's not your, you're not qualified because you're good enough. You're qualified because of God's grace. See, grace takes the focus off of what you are not and focuses your attention on what he is. And when you understand grace, now you can freely walk into the thing that God has called you to do, the plan that he has for you, because you're not trying to earn it You don't worry about deserving it. You just understand this is what he wants and you receive it. When you walk and understand grace, it will produce in you patience, understanding, kindness, and gratitude. Let's talk about patience for a moment. And in this, I just want to sometimes talk to someone who, sometimes, you know, when, when 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 you've been saved for a while, Sometimes you don't quite understand new believers. And again, you forget what it was like when you were a new believer. And th- think of it like this. Imagine a, 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 uh, a, a, a parent brings their child home, um, they have a baby, and they bring the child home, and they're all disappointed. And they're disappointed because, you know, the baby's not walking. I thought the baby would be walking by now. I thought the baby would be reading and writing and jumping by now. I thought the baby would be doing all of these things, feeding themselves and dressing themselves and bathing themselves all by now. And then you ask, well, how old is the baby? Oh, we just brought him home from the hospital two weeks ago. You would look at that person and say, you know what? You need a little bit more patience. It's going to take a little bit more time. You have to allow that, the baby to what, grow and develop. 
And sometimes we get short with people, especially new believers, because we don't have patience to, to allow them to grow and to develop. And so when we understand grace, it produces patience in us. Grace produces understanding, especially towards unbelievers. You know, I always find this puzzling in that why do Christians get upset when unbelievers sin? Why do we get angry when people who are sinners sin? They're called sinners. What what else are they supposed to do? (laughs) You know, a baseball player plays baseball. A football player plays football. A sinner sins. So why do we get upset or angry about that? They are doing and living according to their sinful nature. And guess what? That's what we used to do. So when we understand grace, it gives us more understanding. It gives us more kindness towards people, right? Kindness. That's lacking, I I think, a lot of times, and especially amongst believers. But when you understand grace and everything you have, and it's kindness, right? Everything you have is not what you deserve. It gives you a measure of kindness towards other people and a measure of gratitude where you never take God's blessing for granted. When you truly understand, wait a second, I really don't deserve this, it gives you gratitude towards the things that God gives you. And then when you understand grace, it will allow you to forgive. And I'm going to add a caveat to this, with or without an apology. And why do I say that? Because, you know, there are some people in your life that you have to forgive that you will never, ever, ever get an apology from. Never. But yet, when you understand grace, that wait a second, God forgave me, I didn't deserve it, yet he poured it out on me. It allows you to forgive those who may have hurt you whether they apologize or not. Why? Because you understand the grace that you have been given. It becomes easy to pass that along to someone else when you truly understand grace. A couple more thoughts, and then we're about to to wrap up. Hmm? I want to, the root word of grace, just so you understand, the root word of grace is, the Greek is charis, okay? That's the Greek word for grace, charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. And if you look at that, you might see some other words that you could form from charis, like charisma, right? You've heard that word. And oftentimes when we think of charisma, I don't think grace pops into our head. What do we think about? We think about someone who is charming, maybe someone who can move the crowd with their personality, right? We think of that person that maybe is the smooth talker. That's the person that we say, oh man, that person's got some charisma, right? There's another word I see in there that we think about, and this is in relationship to church. We think about the word charismatic. And in in church circles, I'm, I'm you know, we think of a charismatic person as someone who's very outgoing. Um, in, in the church world, 
if if you're a charismatic believer, then that means you believe in outward displays or expressions of worship or outward expressions of God's power. You may believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and that they're in operation. We, we tend to call those people charismatic, right? But I find interesting, though, at the root of these two words, charisma or specifically charismatic, is the word grace. And so it's interesting because it's possible, I believe, to flow in the gifts of God, let's say be charismatic, but be lacking in displaying the grace of God, right? We can show the gifts, but sometimes we don't display the grace. And I believe for us to be transformational in this world as believers, we need to not only demonstrate the gifts of God, we need to display the grace of God. Here's what I believe. Demonstrating the gifts of God may build up a person's faith. When you see God's gifts in action, you see his power on display, that can build up your faith and your awe. But I believe when we display God's grace, that is what will win people's hearts. The Bible says it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. And I believe as believers, yes, we want to display the power of God, but we want to make sure that it's on display equally with the grace of God. You know, I know some people that can move in the gifts, but they're just mean, nasty people. I'm like, I, I always struggle with that, that uh, correlation there. But I've seen it happen. And so what I pray is that we would not only understand the, the charismatic nature of God on display with power, but the charis nature, the grace of God on display. Because I believe when we demonstrate God's grace, we win over people's hearts. Yes, God's power can build their faith, but God's grace will win over their heart. And remember, it is only God's, by God's grace that we are saved. So I pray that in, in the charismatic movement, that we would also not just focus on the power, but focus on the exercising of God's grace. And so when you put all of this together, then what Paul shares in 2 Corinthians what he writes in 2 Corinthians starts to make a little bit more sense. And here's what it says. It says, but he said to me, this is God speaking to Paul. You can read it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. I, I, don't, I won't give you all the background, but basically God had given, there was a um, thorn in the flesh to keep Paul humble. And Paul asked God to remove it. And here's God's response to him. Paul prayed three times. God said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. Let me read that again. So when you understand grace, this, this sentence, this one statement makes so much more sense. My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that God's, that Christ's power, which comes through his grace, 
may rest on me. See, folks, that is why grace is so amazing. It will keep you humble. It will it will have you not thinking more highly of yourself. It will produce patience in you. It will produce kindness and and it will produce understanding. It will allow you to forgive. It will free you to pray and free you to serve. It will allow you to walk into the plan God has for you. It will produce mercy. It will allow you to receive from God. And most of all, it is the only reason that you today can stand and say, I am saved. Why? It's all because of God's Let's pray. Father, I pray tonight for everyone on this line who who may know you as their Lord and Savior tonight. I pray today, God, that you would give us all, myself included, an even deeper and greater understanding of this grace so that we can walk into everything that you want us to do and more importantly, everything that you want us to be. I pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Now, there might be someone listening to this broadcast today, and maybe you've never experienced God's grace. Maybe you've never taken that step of, of believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, so you're still in that BC life, that before Christ life. Well, today, you can choose to step over into God's grace and receive grace for salvation. And here's all you have to do. It's a simple prayer. And if that's what you want, you want to experience this grace of God, that this love of God that God wants to shower you with. He wants to shower this with you, on you. I'll ask you to pray this simple prayer. Lord God, I today I confess every sin. And today I receive your salvation, not because I'm good enough, but because of your grace. Come into my heart today and change me forever. In Jesus' name, amen. See, if you pray that simple prayer, I know it sounds simple, but if you pray that and you believe that, guess what God has now poured out to you? He has showered you with grace. And today I will declare by grace, you have been saved. Amen.